Hello and welcome to the ACA Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting. If you would like to attend this meeting live, go to adultchildren.org and click on online meetings and then scroll down to find Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Today we have a three-person panel speaking on the topic of recovery tools. And our three panelists are Barbara, Jess, and Robert. And they'll be speaking one after another. Our first speaker is Barbara from Concord, California. Hi guys, I'm Barbara. ACA. I'm from Northern California, Concord, California. Monday night's my home group. I spoke in September and I'm honored to be back again. The topic of a recovery tool kind of just hit me in the right spot and I was able to respond quickly, like Adam said. And what I wanted to talk about was chapter eight. So the solution, becoming your own loving parent. When I spoke in September, I talked about how I attended meetings for about a year and a half to two years before it really kind of clicked on me to start doing the steps. And uh, actually uh, my first meeting with the red book, the word reparenting came up and I sat there going, what, reparenting? I'm the oldest of nine kids. I took care of all these kids. I don't have any kids of myself. And now you're telling me I'm supposed to reparent. And so when I got to share at that meeting, I was saying, okay, I, I, I really like what I'm hearing, but I'm just questioning this reparenting, but I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll, I'll, I'll check into it kind of thing. And I was very in tune to doing the steps once I did that. I started ACA with the Al-Anon. And so uh, this book really talked to me. But what was interesting is after I shared with you guys, chapter eight was what my home group was reading. And over a three week period, we probably finished the whole chapter. And I had heard previously this year of how there's chapter eight meetings and you just read the chapter over and over and over again. And um, I was like, going, oh, okay, that, that doesn't sound like it was helpful. I don't know what, what was going on, but when I heard chapter eight again, this in September with my home group, I'm like going, wow, there is something powerful with this chapter. Why is it chapter eight? It should be further closer in front of the book. This is the solution, becoming your own loving parent. And I reflected back on my hesitation to do the steps. Um, one of them, and in learning the rules or learning the language, uh, I struggled with the inner child. So we, you know, when you start with this uh, chapter eight, it comes up with terminology. I see new people, they just come in and they're like, you know, deers with their eyes, headlights, and you know, light in their headlights, oh, headlights in their eyes. And, um, you know, we, we don't push the steps. And, and so when I was, we were reading this, I'm thinking, you know, I need to look at how I sponsor people differently. I could help them more if I would do chapter eight first. There's boundaries in chapter eight. You know, there's things like, um, those people who are incessant talkers and they stay in the problem and the, the staying in the problem is not helpful. It needs to be in the solution and do action. I struggled with that as a new sponsor where I had people, I had this one young lady, she was going through a divorce. It was very traumatic. But when I sat there with her for an hour and a half and heard about this divorce, something I can't help her with, I can help her do the steps. And I was you know, I was trying to be gentle with her and I was trying to be understanding, but I got to, I got to resent it. 
And if I had gone over chapter eight and gone over how, you know, this is the process, we're gonna to learn to love yourself kind of thing, it might've been easier. And when I did get it around to this lady to get her, okay, well, it can do a check-in and then we're gonna do the steps. She stopped, you know, she stopped coming to the meetings. I mean, I get, I get she was, I wasn't, I wasn't what she needed. She probably needed a therapist and I wasn't there for her. You know, things like the terminology, people walk in our rooms and they're hearing inner child, um, loving parent, um, authentic self, false self. What does all this stuff mean? Again, it's all handled in, in chapter eight. Um, I talked about that reparenting when I went to my first meeting. It, <laughs> I, um, when I got the understanding of what reparenting was, it was um, it's still a slow thing for me because I was so good at taking care of other people that to reparent myself, bringing, turning that towards myself was definitely hard. I um, struggled with the inner child, struggled finding the inner child. I understood the concept. I could be all in my head about it, but I couldn't be in my heart and my soul. And um, when I got to the meditation on step 11 is when I finally got in touch with the inner child at a level that was so healing. And I, you know, when I reading this chapter eight, I'm going, boy, I could have gotten in touch with this a lot sooner had I done chapter eight feelings. I, you know, I, my feelings was basically, I was pissed off. I mean, I guess, I guess I laughed a couple of times, but I was generally pissed off. And in chapter eight, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting the message. It's okay to feel it's okay to cry. It's okay to understand. It's just, and, and it's just a way of moving out of being stuck. It's interesting how you find your inner child through your loving parent. I'm working with a new lady right now. And uh, she says, well, I found my inner child before my loving parent. And I, and I, you know, I don't have the answer to this. I'm no expert, but what, what came to me was she's been taking care of everybody else. So why be an adult about it? She's still being a child taking care of it. I don't know if that really sounds in for other people, but for her and I it kind of was a moment of both of us have been taking care of each other, you know, taking care of ourselves as adults for so long. And um, so, so finding the loving parent and then understanding the loving parent is part of, you know, I don't, you, I don't care what your faith is. Of mine, I have a faith of God and God is love. And so God, higher power is love. And so loving parent, to me, I put the two together. When I'm listening to myself, I'm listening to God. God is talking through me and I'm hearing the message. So bringing that together is, is it was, it was, it was helpful. It was helpful. And so I've used this chapter eight since my talk in September. I mean, this isn't an original thought. There's people who's been doing chapter eight meetings and using chapter eight for a long time. But what I wanted to also bring to your attention is this is my 12th year in the program and I'm getting this now. And um, this one and done is also mentioned in chapter eight with this, this, this recovery is not comes quickly. And uh, I'm just uh, amazed at I'm getting this now, but it's still working. So I've just finished a couple of ladies um, this fall with step the steps. And I says, I'd like to do chapter eight with you. And both of them are so open to this and, and just and getting the same message I'm getting. Why didn't I get this earlier? Why didn't I hear this earlier? I don't know. But I do have a new sponsee and she's been in the program three years and she's been kind of trying to do the steps by herself. And uh, she approached me about doing the steps. And I said, that'd be great, but we're going to do chapter eight first. And um, she, uh, she was a little hesitant. And I talked to her about it. And the way I want to do chapter eight with her or with any of them is read a paragraph and then talk about it. 
Because one of the other things I've noticed in chapter eight, there's just not one point, there's two and three points sometimes to these paragraphs. And to get that kind of time and slow it down, because for me, as I shared in September, I tried to speed through the steps. Let's get, you know, let's get this done. I, you know, I'm a project manager. I, you know, I need to, let's get to the end of this. And what I'm finding is by taking it slower, it sinks in deeper and it'll stay with you longer. That's, that's how my experience has been. And so when I've checked in with, we've only, I've only worked with her two weeks now and uh, checking in with her, I go, how's this pace working for you? And she's just very grateful. She's seen it because what she sees is that we, the little bit we read, we spend an hour on this and it, it percolates the rest of the week for her. And so I look forward to when we finish chapter eight, doing the steps with her. Um, but I, 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 it's going to be interesting for me. I think I, as a sponsor, I'm getting better at sponsoring because I'm, um, I'm, I, my own boundaries are getting better in the way of let's keep focused on the steps and not get so distracted. I'm really, I do care for these ladies and I want to hear about their lives and, and uh, what's funny and, and what's troubling them. However, um, I just want to, I want to be there to help them grow. And it helps me too, because going through this chapter eight, I, I probably am going to go through it a million times now that I've decided to do it this way. I can't believe how when I, I read something, it's like reading it sometimes for the first time. I've been through this book at least five or six times, but it's that new experience and something else awakens inside of me, which I appreciate. I don't know where I am at time. I'm probably close to time here. I wanted to end with... Um, the meditation on page 330 from chapter eight. I just saw this. It's okay to say I love myself. It is okay to say I love myself. The meditation, higher power, help me to be willing to recognize a loving parent inside of me. Help me to integrate my inner child more actively in my daily life so that I remain awake spiritually. Grant me the courage to change the things I can. Grant me the wisdom of my inner child. I hope something I said tonight is rings with you or helps you too. Happy New Year. Our second speaker is Jess from Prescott, Arizona. Hi, everyone. I'm a adult parent of my inner children. I learned that in a workshop. <laughs> Came out one day and I went, whoa, really? So I got a lot of inner children and they've caused havoc in my life. <clears throat> so, and this is about the tool bag so when i was sitting here thinking about this or a thought came to me my my grandson watches uh mickey mouse and well, since he was little and um they have this uh when they get have in a predicament they always go oh toodles so i kind of think of that you know i need i need some kind of help i could use this it's kind of calling up the tools you know, I, I've been in another 12-step uh, mother. Well, actually, I started in ACA, but they didn't have all this, all this literature. It was basically the 12, the 12 steps format, um, the solution, the problem, the solution, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but now they put things together. They got the BRB, you know, and they've up, they've got. I think I have a 20-second printing of it already. So I had one of the originals. It didn't even have an index. So it's kind of cool. So I went through this and I was reading at this and it, it talked about, you know, the, the tool, basically what the tool bag is like, the program's about sheltering and support, supporting newcomers, confronting denial. And I'd like to say, even old timers, people have been a while, you know, I could still um, 
confront my denial when I, since I've been doing this, I see things. And the second one was like comfort the morning of the loss of early loss of security, trust and love. Well, it's not just early losses. As I'm li living my life, I still uh, acquire losses that happen in my life. And it also uh, teaches the skills of reparenting ourselves with gentleness, humor, love and respect. So, you know, when I, that for me, that's one of the reasons, I, main reasons I, come, I keep coming back and doing this and why I'm doing a service and why I do this. And, and, and what I like about ACA is that it's, a, it's an individual program. It's not so much like a, in the mother program AA, they talk about, you know, we, we this, and that's kind of helps you deal with your addiction. Well, this is more about finding your feelings. And Tony A has a, um, a discussion where he talks about the 12 steps is, and, and he talks the difference between AA, Al-Anon, and ACA. And in that, in that, in that format that he, where he describes it, he says that AA and Al-Anon are about perpetrators. And ACA is about being a victim of, the, of being perpetrated. So there's a whole difference. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of why I, I love hearing Tony's A steps versus, versus the, you know, the format in the book, which I can understand why they did it since they try to keep the 12 step format. But I love Tony A's and a lot of meetings are now are using it because it talks like that. And, you know, that's a tool, you know, a tool to go ahead and change, be able to define individual processes. So, and that's what that, there's one part in, it, in that statement in there. It says, set your own goals, dream your, your own dreams, find your own niche and scheme of things. And say, that's, that's perfectly what it does for me. You know, um, that's what I do. That's what I, that's why I got to keep coming back. It talks about writing. <clears throat> then it has a, you know, about the 12 steps, <clears throat> 12 steps, 12 traditions and the, problem and solution kind of describes that, you know, what we read and the solution. But they also talk about in the meeting and then in the meeting, what it says here, it says we identify identification with the problem, which is cool and everybody felt understands it, but they don't describe that also in the meeting, you gotta find a solution. And the solution, it's even though it's red, it's just like Barbara was, was talking about, it doesn't, it doesn't really say that. So I, I think it's missing, but you know, I, I include that in my tool with toodles anyway. And then the writing, they talk about the reading and the writing. Um, one of the things I did to help me clarify things in my process was uh, and document stuff was I changed it instead of we to put an I and put myself instead of ourselves because that helped me. And then the, the end of it, that it talks about dedication to the self which leads to freedom, understanding, and compassion needed to nurture our inner, and I'm saying my inner children. You know, I really, I really got, I really focus on that because I, I see how different parts of my life growing up caused havoc and and come out in different ways with, and things that happened in my life. So and then continue, and I can see who they are. So uh, then about the telephone, you know, that's pretty pretty uh, format, you know, find people you can talk to, people you can trust. That's a big one. Then the other thing is about sponsorship. This 
doesn't talk in the book, they talk about fellow travelers, like finding someone to discuss it with. Um, I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, I think that's really good. You know, I, I did that with somebody and at the, uh, in my early stages. And what was ironic about the poor guy is that, um, <laughs> he started trying to, uh, being my, uh, what is that, that parent we call, um, critical parent. He wasn't being, he wasn't being helpful. And I had to like, uh, call him on it a couple of times and he got pretty upset with me. And, you know, anyway, uh, he'd get upset when I start playing around my inner kids and start playing around and he just wanted to be, cause he grew up in a really abusive, abusive, uh, family and a lot of violence. So he, he really had a tough time. But um, then it goes, talks about, you know, more about the sponsorships, how we are, you know, overcoming things. You know, uh, I mean, you could, could, you could look at it and read about it. And I could, I don't know, go further into it, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that uh, sponsorship's really important and in the respect that you get an input in it. And one of the main things, and kind of Barbara touched on this too, was that uh, I'm not, I can't, being a sponsor does not tell me that what I tell somebody that I have all the answers for them, their solution. And for me, the, the part is what basically the 12 steps is you have the first three steps, you find your own higher power, it's between you and your higher power, you get to choose that. You know, a lot of people freak out about that. They want somebody, want specific guidance. But it's that developing that trust with your own higher power of your own understanding that, for me, that helps me. And it, it took a while and it still does. You know, sometimes I have that little saying where, um, where uh, you know, I think God's, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a world of shit and, um, and uh, God just, I'm in, I'm in holy shit because God just put a giant shit on me and I'm, I'm in a, just a bunch of trouble, you know? <laughs> You know, I kind of do that so I can kind of make make it uh, make it light, kind of make fun of you know whatever's going on, so I don't have to be so serious. You know, having fun in my life. Um, then the service part, you know, that's that for me. I've started doing that. I I decided that I need to come give back. I'm I'm on a I'm not in the inner group. I'm I'm on a, a retreat committee that's been going on for a while. Uh, we had to shut down because of this COVID. You know that kind of that kind of stuff. So um, hopefully next year it'll be real. It'll be pretty much in tune. We get to we get to fine tune things and. Uh, but it's not a. It's I'm finding that you know the Zoom meeting here with all these people, and all the other meetings like that. I had that one workshop. Uh, I was like, wow, we can only get 130 people at the retreat, and the Zoom you can get up to 500 people. So that's kind of really, you know, it's kind of like, wow, do you really want to retreat? But it's, it's really fun. Your little kid can come out, you know, you can, you know, you can, they have people come out with all kinds of other stuff. And I had a lot of healing there. So, um, so anyway, you know, that's with the, my service stuff. I also try to, um, I'm running a meeting, help do the meeting. We got people going here in Prescott. So anyway, I think that's my bag of toodles. Our third and final speaker is Robert from Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm Robert and I'm an adult. It's good, it's good to be here. Well, it's, um, 
I mean, I was thinking about this, how fortuitous and how cool it is that on the last day of this year, that our community is sitting together as we transition into the new year. And this is just me. The bar is very low for a good year for next year. This was like an amazing, amazing year. And, and yet from my perspective, I was actually in preparation for this. And I, I wanted to thank Julie and the committee for creating this, not only the meeting, because I think it's been very helpful in COVID during this pandemic, but also to, you know, fall on Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, New Year's. Yeah, it was, was it? It's certainly New Year's Eve. That's today. Um, so I, I, pre I appreciate the opportunity to share. And um, so I don't normally follow directions, um, but I decided to maybe do it this time. And so I actually read the brochure and the tools. Um, this may be the only following the directions I actually go, but when I look at the tools, so I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start out by saying, to me, the most significant thing that happened to me in my ACA, so I've been sober a long time. I've done, I've done work in uh, OA, I've done work in SLAA, I've done work in Workaholics Anonymous, um, I've done CODA. I've only been to one Al-Anon meeting and that's just the way it turned out. Um, so I've been doing this a long time. And when I, when I got to ACA um, and read the problem, so, so the tool, all the tools that are highlighted in that brochure are actually fundamental. They were foundational tools for me. Meetings are amazing because I get to talk and I get to hear you and I get to be heard. I get to be witnessed. Uh, but the other one that pops out as a foundation building for me was sponsorship. And, and, and what I will say is, is I did a lot of sponsoring in, in AA and I have found that sponsoring and being sponsored in ACA is very different. Um, it's really different. Um, so different that I, um, that the folks that wrote the red book and, and actually, so you may already know this, but the red book was written by a team of people. So there are multiple teams that built the book and um, and it turns out that there was a guy in San Francisco who was on the sponsorship part of the book. Um, and I guess, I guess what I will say is boundaries and safety are things that, that we care a lot about. And I'm reluctant to use we because it's usually my experience. But, but in AA, that was not necessarily the case. And I'm, I'm, I'm not joking about it. But um, so I think because I had no boundaries coming to HCA, the thought of, of sponsoring somebody freaked me out. And the thought of being sponsored by somebody freaked me out. So, but I will tell you this, uh, I started doing this a long time ago and there were no sponsors. I was living, where was I living? I think I was living in New Jersey. I, I was living somewhere either Jersey or the Bay Area. And I needed a sponsor and I looked on the website and for those who've been doing this a long time, the website used to look like a 1955 diner. Um, it was really dismal looking. And I went into, I went into the, to the website cause it had a, a, a um, I don't think they called it a chat but they had a place where you could post stuff. And so I thought, well, and it had a sponsorship section. So I went into the sponsorship section looking for a sponsor and what they used to do is, is if, if I posted a request or a note in this section, it would put my first name 
and the date that I posted it. So I thought this is going to be easy. So I went into the sponsorship section and looking for a sponsor. And what I noticed is that the last man that asked for a sponsor, his message hadn't been responded to for over a year. And what I also noticed was the women were responding like pretty promptly. And of course, I came from old school AA. So guys work with guys and ladies work with ladies. And so um, I literally, so um, I was a little discouraged, but I put a note in there that never got responded to. But I started to, I knew I needed a sponsor. I learned that from getting sober. It wasn't even an option. Um, but I didn't realize that I was chasing a ghost because there really weren't any that were doing it. Um, so I went on to the website where they had meetings and I looked for the contact person for the meetings and where it was a man, I sent out an email address. I sent out an email saying, I'm, this is what I'm looking for. And this was a six month process. And no offense to, to, to those of you who live in the middle of the United States, but I decided that I wasn't interested in people from the middle of the United States. That's my issue. <laughs> it had to be on the East Coast or on the West Coast. For some reason, the coasts were okay, but the middle wasn't, except for Minneapolis, the Betty Ford Foundation and Hazleton. I thought, now that might work. Anyway, so I, for some reason, I'm, not, I'm living in San Francisco. You would think I would have started in, in the Bay Area. I didn't, I started in New York for some reason. And I think the reason I did that is because I got sober in New Jersey and I went to my first AACA meeting like 35 years ago um, in New York City. So, and I had fond memories of that even though they called the police which was very exciting and very scary uh, in my first ACA meeting. So I started sending messages, nothing happened in Jersey, nothing happened in New York. I went to Boston, I went to Florida, I went to Minneapolis, I jumped over the middle of the United States and you'd think I, I ended up going to Seattle. I went to Portland, then I went to Oakland and it occurred to me, this is, to me, this is one of the indications of the, the depth of how trauma affects us. It occurred to me when I got to Oakland that I could have started in Oakland and I didn't. Um, and then nothing happened. And I was going to meetings in San Francisco, but the, I wasn't going to the big Bernal Heights meeting yet. I was going to the small meetings. And then I went to San Diego and I'm running out of spots here, right? And I'm thinking, this is like, maybe this isn't supposed to happen. And so I'm six months into this because the turnaround, anyway, so when I went to San Diego, two people responded, two guys, and I was thrilled. And so one guy opted out before I even talked to him. And I thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. And then my current sponsor, Richard, who I wonder if Richard's on, because if Richard's on this call, on this meeting, I'm going to acknowledge him because I love this man. This man has been amazing to me. I love this man, and uh, um, and so he 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 had, and I had criteria. I, my criteria is is that you got sober, you're married, and you've. You, you're, you're also an ACA and you've worked the steps in both programs. Maybe that's why I didn't get a lot of responses, but, but he had all those things. And then I, at that time I was in sales and uh, I decided to go, uh, I created a, a visit to San Diego to meet him. And, and, and I had no idea I was gonna spend all this time because it's 
from the message so far is sponsorship, having a trustworthy sponsor. And to me, a trustworthy sponsor is someone who ideally in hindsight, working the steps is, was paramount for me. But I also think that, that uh, I needed to feel, feeling safe with a sponsor is really incredibly powerful. In other words, advice giving sponsors, I had those in AA. Advice giving sponsors to me in ACA is, I mean, that's what I grew up with. So, so to me, what Richard does is he witness, he witnesses me. And he, he only offers suggestions if, he, if I want them. And, and so I started, that's how I started to sponsor, is I consider sponsorship as, as a commitment to witness. The other thing I would say about sponsorship, since I am apparently going to go the distance on sponsorship, is personally, is the fellow traveler model, if I really read the book, the other thing is, is as I've gotten, as I started, so when I came into the program, there was a lot of disharmony in my being. I mean, it was critical parent. I mean, there was just disharmony. And as I've started to create harmony, um, I started to be able to do things I couldn't do with disharmony. Like, for example, I'm very meticulous. Now, I used to call it anal retentive, and it actually still is that. But, but being precise now really matters to me. And, and I guess I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit because the tools I really wanted to talk about, I mean, to me, my whole recovery is based on the, on the, on the fact that I was traumatized as a child. That's the core issue of my recovery. And so the problem in the laundry list were very, that's 10 minutes. Uh, the laundry list and the problem. So the first time I read the laundry list and the problem, I had two reactions. One was, oh shit. Um, now they're calling this, this malaise that I experienced, they're actually naming it. And that was, that was, that was upsetting because now we're talking about core issues. And it's also was exciting because I was running out of options. It, you know, I mean, I got sober, that was very helpful, but in my sobriety, I started to become aware of my suffering. And before I started to go to ACA, it was very uncomfortable for, for me to go to an AA meeting because I was, I was suffering. And I felt like, you know, I gotta be in the solution. I've gotta be grateful. No offense to those who like solutions and gratefulness, but it, it, it's like, I, I, I felt like I was trapped. And then I found the ACA. Um, but I guess what I wanna say is that the problem in, in the laundry list encouraged me, well, it, 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 it hit home. And then coming right behind it was the solution. Now in hindsight, those were the foundational pieces of literature and the, the tools that I really got me on my journey. Because if I look at the problem in the laundry list today, the other thing I'll, I'll do is give a shout out to Tony A because the laundry list is from Tony A. But, but what I will say is if I look at the laundry list and the problem today, what they describe to me are symptoms of trauma. So they, they describe the symptoms really well. And, and, and in the beginning, I didn't know those were symptoms. I didn't know for me, the core issue was trauma. But all the things in the problem, the laundry list are, in my opinion and experience, they're normal outcomes and normal consequences of being traumatized. 
And so that was very helpful to me. This, this, the second thing is the solution. And the solution says, said one, so the solution gives a lot of background and a lot of characteristics that show up. But for me, the thing that stuck out for me, and I was going to actually bring a copy of it up here for a second, because there was one sentence that always, I'm going to have to uh, bring it up and it won't be shown to you guys, but where is it? Um, it's that we will no longer, I, I want to get the sentence because it's really important. So I'm going to have to minimize all of you for a second and get this out. There's the problem. Where's the solution? Hello, solution. I had it on my desktop. Uh, here it is. It says, you will become an adult who is, you will become an adult who is imprisoned no longer by childhood reactions. Let me bring you guys up so I can see you. Um, and when I first read that, um, I didn't know how I was going to be able to do that. But I was grateful because it's basically, the book's basically telling me, look, there's steps, there's meetings, there's sponsorship, there's all these other things. But you've been traumatized, Robert. You suffer from post-traumatic stress. And it turns out that we know a lot more about trauma than we did then. And so now it's, it's either complex post-traumatic stress or it's developmental uh, childhood trauma. So we now know a lot about it. And, and so I knew what it felt like to be imprisoned by childhood reactions. That's a, that's a short version of my life. Uh, and so these, two, so these two pieces of literature read every meeting. Now I have to say, just to be clear, is my, some of the language for me in the book around trauma is somewhat imprecise. And for some people that's totally cool. For me, it's not cool because what I've learned, so I became a student of trauma. And the problem in the laundry list were the inspirational pieces of literature read over and over again that got me on that journey. It also helped that I had in the middle of, you know, my first year of ACA with the book. Now I did ACA before the book and it was, it was, it was interesting, but not quite helpful. But I, I realized that, that my, the core of my problem is trauma. And I started to investigate trauma. And so what I realized is that that imprecise language about what trauma really is was an issue for me. And, and again, this is just my experience, metaphors and, you know, kind of futuristic, what's the word? So in other words, the book talks a lot about releasing stuff, integrating stuff and all that stuff. And that, that used to bother me because I said, I'd be happy to release this stuff, but like, how do I release this stuff? Like, how do I do that? And, and integration, how do I, you know, cause I didn't integrate my critical parent. I sent him packing. And for me, that was incredibly helpful because once he was out of the picture, it created all this other space to focus on my kids. So I started to focus on my kids. I started to reparent them and, um, I started to become familiar with what a traumatic reaction was. And the reason that was very helpful to me is because if I can identify a traumatic reaction and I have a connection to my inner child. Now, those two things I just said, that makes perfect sense to probably all of you. That took me almost a year to put those two together in real life. 
So once I be, was able to identify a traumatic reaction and have a dialogue with my inner child, then I, I'm, I'm essentially being called to parent. And at the, first, at the beginning, I didn't know what that meant. It scared me. And I didn't, you know, it was already talked about, about how, like, what on earth, why would I want to reparent myself? My parenting experience as a child, and, and then you want to make a parent, a loving parent, like, what, is, what does that mean? But um, I guess what I want to say is that I made a commitment to parent, and I can't tell you how that happened. It just happened. And my life is, is totally different. And, but again, for me, I guess the theme here is, I've been traumatized. My kids have no parent. It's my job to parent them. And learning to how to parent myself was the most difficult thing that I've ever done. But, but I wanna close with this is, cause I was, I was this came to me in meditation this morning cause I wasn't sure where I was gonna go with this. And I went to a place that I didn't think I was gonna go is in, in many ways, 2020 was a very challenging year for me personally, and I don't think I'm alone in that regard, um, both personally and, and, and country and society and governmental wise. But if I, and I came to Santa Fe a, a year and a month ago, and I came here because my intuition said, go to Santa Fe. And it's the first time in my life I actually went where I was supposed to be. And what I'm doing in Santa Fe is what I'm supposed to be doing. I've never done that in my entire life. Um, but I will tell you from a spiritual and from a recovery perspective, it's not, I can't, I can't even put it into words. This has been the most, the most amazing transformational year of my recovery. And I've been doing recovery almost four decades. And so to me, it's all about trauma. It's all about parenting. And at the, at the risk and probably just do it, I'll just crosstalk. I wish you nothing but the most profound blessings and peace in your 2021 um, adult children, uh, you know, ACA recovery. And with that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end. Thanks for listening.